0: On today's show, we got Richard Stamen, AKA Mavs Draft here to talk about, what else? The draft. Where should the Mavericks look in the draft? Let's do an introduction about what the draft is gonna be on today's Lockdown Mavs, let's go.
1: I'm Luka Lentzic and this is Lockdown Mavs Podcast. the Mavericks are NBA champions. He
0: hit
2: it. bang, bang,
3: It's good! And the Mavericks have won the game! You, if you don't believe, you shouldn't be here.
0: You are locked on to the Dallas Mavericks. My name is Nick Angstead, media member and NBA channel manager for the Locked On Podcast Network. Thanks for making Locked On Mavs your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms, including YouTube, where you can subscribe to the show and check out this nice three box I got going on here for with our new graphics. Let us know what you think about the new graphics. Still trying stuff out, still messing with stuff. Uh, joining me, as always, my co-host, writer, contributor at Mavs.com, the draft dude, the one more thing king. What you got for me, Isaac Harris?
4: Well, I'm not the draft dude today. No, because we're here with, we're here with Strap. Oh, Richard, let's go. I I absolutely love this time of year. Now, I will say, I'm a parachute guy. In okay, so I started a, a little while back doing some research. I've hit it hard over the past few weeks trying to get into the draft zone. But I I really envy guys like you who followed a draft, researched a draft. Do all the drafts stuff all year round for when people like us compare shooting in that we can actually get insights from the experts.
0: <laughs> Isaac wishes we were locked on NBA draft is what he's saying.
4: You know, in our spare time, maybe I enjoy it. It's a lot of fun,
0: <laughs> but it's a lot of work, bro. Like, is this
4: when you work on the draft all year? Is this like the time you're like, is this like Christmas for you? Like, all right, now's the time. Let's do this. My time to shine.
2: Yeah. Yes and no. I honestly, the Christmas stuff is like the combine. I think it peaks in May for me. Now I'm just like, let's get this over with. I'm now (laughs) overthinking every single thing. I've started overthinking (laughs) like, you know, the top three. I'm like, there's somebody else that should be in the top three. And it's just too many thoughts going on. And it's hard because in the regular season, you're like, okay, it was just one game. Like you're almost more rational in the regular season than when you have unlimited access to film nonstop.
0: When do you stop moving people on the big board?
2: (laughs) Well, as a peak overthinker, the day of the draft, (laughs) normal people. You're still moving
0: people. Like that's just literally like you haven't seen anything more. You're just literally moving because you decided that you thought somebody was better.
2: Yeah. My real stop (laughs) date should be like the week before the draft because one, there are late withdrawal dates. I think we still have another week and a half until the next withdrawal date for international prospects. And So you kind of have to adjust at the earliest. That should be when you stop. But after that, I think just catching up on every single person, doing all the deep dives, you thought it's probably about a week before the draft.
4: We we had you on, I guess, man, a little over a month ago, and we kind of threw out some threw some names at you. You know, obviously Dallas has the twenty sixth pick in the draft, and you know at that time we're talking about some different names that you know we've seen different movements of. Uh, you know, up draft boards or down draft boards. We've had the combine, you know, a guy like Mark Williams, we talked about on, on the pod a little over a month ago. we like, man, he would, you know, his fit in Dallas and all of this. Now, I mean, it's safe to say like Mark Williams is not going to be there at 26, right?
2: Yeah, I'd be shocked if he <laughs> makes it past far. Dang it, Richard. <laughs>
0: <sighs> Just dashed all his hopes and dreams. <laughs> but so so now we're in, we're in a spot where the Mavericks are in the 26 pick. We thought maybe it was going to be 20, 21, something like that. So a Mark Williams guy isn't there anymore. Is there anybody else over the last month or so that you've seen just start flying up draft boards where you're saying, okay, that that guy may have been there 26 a month ago, but now there's no way for the Mavs to get a guy like that?
2: Yeah, somebody who kind of just flew past all of that where he was like, yeah, it's too early to take him, and now it's he's not even going to be theres There are two Jalen Williams, so I want to preface this. Yeah. Jalen Williams from Santa Clara, he's going top 20. He killed it at the Combine, incredible yeah. athlete body just measured well and really productive at santa claire really efficient all-around wing on both ends uh, i think he's a prime candidate to fill that role also blake wesley he was somebody who i thought could be had in that range i think he's gonna go just before the maps i'd be really shocked if he makes it down to 26
0: so so then who's falling then if 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 those guys are are rising up who's falling
2: well Jabari? starting starting with patrick baldwin uh he he measured terribly he or he measured fine he performed terribly at the combine just jump shot hasn't ever looked that efficient since high school He was the gatorade player of the year he went to wisconsin uh, excuse me milwaukee wisconsin and played for his dad in the horizon league was terrible wasn't good in the FIBA united 19s really for someone who was you know labeled a great shooter he shot 32 percent in the FIBAs. not much production to back the reputation so i think he's one of the absolute prime fallers over the last few really weeks
4: it's weird because i was watching i was actually watching some of his stuff today and you know spoiler alert we're gonna have richard on for tomorrow's pod too uh talking about some like (laughs) direct prospects and he's one, he was one of the guys i was gonna throw at you because he's kind of like a mystery to me of hyped up a lot in high school like you said goes plays for his dad I actually like his jump shot or at least like the form of it and the high release point of it. But then he doesn't shoot it that well, but he's six nine he's 19. And I just didn't know what to do with him because you know I'm reading some of the combine stuff. And I'm like, all right, well, he didn't do well. And then he plays at you know, the smaller school type thing. I don't know. I just didn't know what to do with a guy like that. But then you see the hype over Jalen Williams from Santa Clara coming out of the combine. And it's like, oh man, let's go. Why, why was he overlooked in the first place? And now I guess, you know he's not even. Pro- he's probably not going to be there for Dallas at twenty six.
2: Yeah, and Patrick Baldwin's probably one good first round fit is Dallas because let's be real, who could turn an an overhyped shooter into an actually efficient shooter better than Luka Doncic in the league?
0: Probably. <laughs> sure. Wow, wow, wow! Shots, shots. <laughs> at who? <laughs> I guess all the Mavs shooters that they have.
4: Uh, you so you mentioned Jalen Williams, Santa, Santa Clara Jalen Williams, which ironically I really like the other Jalen Williams too from Arkansas, and I've been looking at some of his stuff for especially for the Mavs. You know, late first, a big six ten, I think seven one wingspan. Um, you know th- that that Jalen Williams. So both Jalen Williams actually like both of them. Um, but for just say the combine, Jalen Williams is, seems like the darling coming out of that, but. Who are there any other names that you're that you're saying, hey, after the combine, this is what I'm hearing about them or they measured well, performed well or like they're a hot name
2: yeah there's there's definitely been some other risers I, like you said, I love Jalen Williams from Arkansas. I think he might even qualify as somebody and and if I'm not mistaken, our past history suggests that he'll be good because we both love Donovan Mitchell in 2017, and, hey. and I think one person is good enough sample size to believe something <laughs> like that. So correct me if I'm wrong, but I haven't heard otherwise. Uh, I think another guy who's risen is, he's obviously not in the, the Mavs range, but Dyson Daniels is somebody who mm-hmm. his and I mentioned him because what he does, where he goes, is going to have a huge domino effect on the rest of the draft. He's going to go a little bit overslotted, slotted I think. I personally would not take him with a top seven, eight pick. He's going to take him with a top seven or eight pick. And because of that, somebody is going to fall into place in Dallas's lap just because everybody, like I said, those dominoes just fall into place from reaches. They, they have a big ripple effect.
0: If you had to mm-hmm. name like one top 20 guy that would fall to the Mavericks or that would fall to the Mavericks range for whatever reason, is there a guy that stands out to you?
2: Man, I, I have... I have two guys that that really do stick out. One is ridiculously bold, and I know it goes completely against the the grain, but Tari Eason from LSU, mm. um, that would because be a I've heard, <laughs> <laughs> I've heard he has some motor left hand basketball IQ issues that have been exposed in workouts. We'll see how true that stuff is. Is that three different uh,
0: things? Motor left hand basketball IQ. That's three, or is that one thing that I don't know what? It is?
2: No, those are three different areas. Okay. I would say motor and <laughs> basketball IQ can go together. He's, but... His
0: motor's really good to his right, but his motor's awful to his, <laughs> to his Richard,
4: left. Richard, are you creating archetypes <laughs> over there? You should, if you're creating like new positions, you should
2: write a book about it.
0: He goes into the yeah, actual you know,
2: plane. Yeah, exactly. I, I think that's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's probably the best, <laughs> the best idea I've heard all day. But no, the other one is probably Ty Ty Washington. He's mm. he's the, he's an interesting one because would you take another combo point guard? out of I mean he's out of Kentucky you could redeem the Tyrese Maxey uh, miss in 2020 but I don't think he's at all the same player he's an interesting one to gamble on because before his injury at against Auburn he was a really good player probably top 10 for me ever yeah. since he's fallen out of my top 20.
4: I remember I was texting uh, Scott Tomlin earlier in the year uh, a lot of podcast listeners know you know director PR for the Mavs and Kentucky guy and, I remember texting about Ty Ty. I'm like, dude, he's, he's balling out right now. And then obviously he got hurt and it felt like he wasn't the same player like you were talking about, but still, I mean, he could get drafted late in the first or second half of the first round and be one of those dudes that we look at, you know, a year or so from now and be like, why did he go, you know, 22 in the draft and
0: coming up, let's get into a couple of the big men the Mavericks could possibly take with the 26 pick. And are there any teams we think could trade back? in the draft that the Mavs should maybe be looking at trading up with. We're doing the ultimate mock draft and talking about our own trades, so we'll talk about that with Richard coming up. But before we do, let me tell you about rockauto.com. With The ever-increasing number of makes and models of cars. It's impossible for your local chain auto parts store to get all the parts that you need and just to keep them in stock. So you go there, you drive all the way there, you take yourself there, and you're like, hey, give me this part. And they're like, oh, we got to order it on the computer and it'll come here. You might as well just order it yourself because you're just going to get it yourself and leave yourself. So get it yourself, get it delivered to your front door. RockAuto.com prices are always reliably low for every single customer as well. They have everything you can need. Go explore their easy news website today to find the solutions for your auto part needs. Go to RockAuto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car or truck right locked on in there. How did you hear about us box? They know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. It's RockAuto.com. Thanks for making Lockdown Maps your first listen now. We have an important favor to ask you. We've been putting together a survey so we can learn more about listeners like you and make your favorite Lockdown podcast even better. This is your opportunity to tell us what you like and what you don't like about Locked On. Be nice.
4: Oh, this is good.
0: podcasts.com slash survey. LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey. And if you finish the survey, you'll be entered in a chance to win one of 10 $100 Ticketmaster gift cards. You can go see the Mavs next year. Go see a college basketball game if you're a crazy person like Richard. Um, LockedOnPodcast.com slash survey. All right, Isaac Harris, we are here with Richard Staman, a.k.a. Mavs Draft, one of the hosts of the Lockdown NBA Big Board Podcast. The logo's right in the corner there. Look at that. Um, listen to that show for all great stuff on the NBA draft. Richard, the Mavericks need a big. Nico Harrison came out at exit interviews and said, we got to upgrade at big man. Is there anybody in that 20 to, you know, to 30 range that could be there for the Mavericks that stands out to you as a big man that, that could help the Mavericks?
2: Yeah, let's start with Isaac and, and my guy. Jalen Williams from Arkansas, 6'10 power forward, 7'1 wingspan, good athlete, not great athlete, pretty much a below-the-rim player, doesn't block shots at the rim, doesn't meet players at the apex You know, on dunks, doesn't finish in traffic above the rim, but great touch on his layups, good passer, potential to shoot the ball, mm. really just a great connecting piece. And ultimately, I think this is the most important thing, is he can guard the perimeter. I, I don't know about you guys, yeah. but I think – you know, I think Maxie's a great defender, but I think he's best guarding two point shots. Jalen Williams can guard three point shots. And to me, that's a big difference maker.
4: Yeah. I like his motor a lot. You know, he obviously played on the Arkansas team that made a little run uh, there in March. Um, but yeah, I just, I, I don't know. I like him. Honestly, the first, uh, first guy who put me on him was uh, Jonathan Charks. And well, we were actually texting a little, about him, a little bit about him today. And he's like, you need to dive into some more of his tape. And he's, I think you'd, I think you'd like him. And once I did this evening, I'm like, oh, yeah, let's do it. And <laughs> It's like, you know, I don't obviously I don't watch a ton of Arkansas basketball, but uh, just going back and watching him. And I remember a little bit, obviously, in the in the tournament and stuff. And, yeah, I like him. Like you said, I mean, he was all defense in SEC, 7-1 wingspan. He passes the ball, I think, really well. Um, and I I was reading some today and, you know, draft promises. Obviously, those reports just come out here left and right but I I did read something today to where there was a, a rumor that he has a he has a draft promise there in the, the back half of the first round and I'm like
0: hmm okay the back so, half of the first round? it wasn't round.
4: back half it was like <laughs> into first round so mm. yeah it was like in into first round
0: could it be the Mavericks so,
4: I think he would do well in Dallas
0: some so. would say Arkansas is in Dallas's backyard so
4: I... <laughs> that is only <laughs> TCU
0: so uh Jalen Williams is one that's a that's a good one is there anyone else another any other bigs in that range that the Mavs the Mavs could look at um
2: well I guess if being in the backyard kind of probably eliminates him so not him Uh, I would go with Ismael Kamagate. he's somebody I brought up the last time I was on here mm. still the same old same old reporting I, I love his game you know big big fan of his ability to defend the perimeter can finish above the rim great athlete Incredible defensive range. He's at the free throw line. He's still blocking the shot at the rim while the guy's about like catching the ball under the rim. Just love his upside. You also look at the mid-range shooting. I think he has some potential there. He's been doing that occasionally this year. Free throw percentage doesn't really indicate three-point shooting, but you look at a big man who can defend multiple positions, hold his own against guards on drives, and potentially shoot a mid-range shot and be a pick and roll, roll man threat. That's a high upside player for the Mavs that could impact winning next year. We we we're,
0: we're gonna talk about this this big. I'll oh, go ahead about.
2: No no, I was just gonna ask
4: you on an inter- international keeping kind of on that. Um, you know we obviously have a lot of inter- international listeners uh, on the pod. Slovenia, we you know we obviously been celebrating you know five years doing the pod and all that. And one of the things my wife actually mentioned as she listened to our pod, she's like, hey, you should have mentioned how many countries you know listen to the pod. My wife being from Brazil, we have you know a lot of Brazilian listeners. So Tuda Bain, shout out to them. Um, but. Uh, in the international prospects of this draft, you know, obviously we hear about Jovich. Did I say that right? That right. Um, what other guys there in like the mid first round, late first round international prospects that are you keeping an eye on, especially from a Mavs angle?
2: Yeah, there's somebody who I need to do more research in myself. He's one of the very last players I need to dive into. But, you know, Rafael Barlow is a huge fan of this player. And that's Gabriel Procida from Italy. He is, no in theory. is. <laughs> you do or don't I don't at all. Perfect. The, the summary with him, this is, there's a similar player to him. I would say in, in Bryce McGowan's who's from the States. Um, he's at Nebraska. I like Gabriel Prasheeda. He's a guy who he could be a complete offensive player, just three level scoring, some playmaking. I really like his abilities and he's around six, six, I believe. Um, I, I should have had that pulled up before, but he has great size for the wing. I know he has good length. He's six, seven correction. So mm. you look at somebody who, if you're looking for that complete offensive upside, Gabriel Prasciuta is a really sneaky pick. He's gotten first round buzz and the Mavs are right in that range where buzz is enough to say it might be them in, in the mix.
4: Yeah. Cool.
0: Uh, we were talking, we we're talking about big man. And the one that I was going to bring up is, is a guy that's in the Mavs range is Walker Kessler. And I know it's, it's a guy that you're, you're completely against. Give me the, the mm. pros and the cons.
2: Yeah. yeah, so I'll, I'll end with the pros because <laughs> I, I want to end on a positive note. So the issues I have with Rock, Walker Kessler is he's a really good college player, don't get me wrong, but I, I worry because he can't guard the perimeter at all. He looks very, very stiff. Anytime somebody goes on a drive against him, he's going for the block. He's not, he doesn't have, how can I impact this play? How can I stop the drive? It's how can I block this shot? And that mentality really worries me. You look at foul trouble. You look at just simply getting beat. And then on offense, I don't know what he does outside of, you know, finishing a couple lobs. He's not very athletic. Uh, in theory, can shoot, but hasn't, I don't buy it at all. He has a high release. It looks very awkward. Now for the pros, he's one of the best shot blockers in a single season ever. I was gonna say ever,
4: right? I think it's like block yeah. rate or something's like insane,
2: historic block rate. Exactly. Part of that goes back to that root, though, of he hunts a lot of blocks. So to me, it's it's not as practical in the NBA as it was in college. Also, he camped out on the paint a ton. Guys could try and storm in and dunk on a seven foot one guy or something or attack him, finish around him. It's not going to work in the NBA when he has to move around some.
0: You watch a ton of NBA basketball too, right? Like I see you tweeting all the time about NBA. You watch the magic for some reason and you watch Mavs, obviously, uh, the Mavs need a big man that can help, come in and help them right now. What have we seen from some younger guys, you know, rookies, maybe sophomores in the NBA that could, could, are, are the Mavericks, if they draft somebody like they, they draft it, the, you know, the Coloco guy or the draft Ish- Ishmael or one of these other guys that you're talking about, um, is that somebody we could realistically expect to come in and help like right away? Or is it most big men usually like a project in the NBA in your opinion?
2: Yeah. I mean, a lot of big men are projects. I think Kamigate unfortunately falls closer to the project than immediate impact. I think almost Coloco too. He's an interesting one because I don't know what to make of him. He had two years under Sean Miller being horribly misused and then he broke out as a junior. Generally the the breakouts as an upperclassman can be a little bit of fool's gold. Uh, historically, so I worry a little bit about that, but at the same time, he also moves well on the perimeter, has those physical tools, potential as a jump shooter. I'd gamble on Coloco being more useful year one, despite Kamigate being in a pro league now. I think he's got more useful, beneficial tools knowing how to play within himself right now.
0: Interesting.
4: How do you? I, I know we only have you for a little bit longer uh, for today, as you're going to join us back for tomorrow's pod, but just last thoughts on the top of the draft right now obviously Mavs are not up there but what how are you feeling I mean we're what this is June so we only have a few weeks left how are you feeling about Chet Jabari Paolo just the whole order up there at the top
2: it's a mess uh that is where my peak overthinking has come in because I've started realizing like I've had some issues with Palos passing. I know he's an advanced passer, but at the same time, he can't make like a post-entry pass, right? You couldn't, if you look at his turnovers, I would gamble a quarter to almost half of his turnovers came from terrible entry passes that Mark Williams, who has a nine foot, like nine standing reach or something (laughs) that it was too high for him. And it's like, okay, if you can't throw to him, I get it's just a post-entry pass, but it's those fundamentals of mistake-free, like just staying focused, being like – just make the right play. Donovan Mitchell's um, like, I got you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, so, like, that kind of worries me. And then I bought all into Chet. I think if, if all three of those guys hit, Chet is the best player. There's nobody like him. Um, you just look at it. got big men at seven feet who can pass, block, and score. It's an unreal combination. So, I'm all in on him. And Jabari, of course, is just one of the safest – Picks, I think for teams looking to rebuild in 2023 as well, and not be winning next year and build those cornerstones. Cause next year it's a lot more superstar power. Jabari compliments those guys a lot better.
0: Mm-hmm. Uh, there you go. We got, there's Richard Stamen with us today. We'll talk to him tomorrow about some specific players uh, in the draft. We'll, we'll bring yeah, Isaac and I will each bring five prospects for him to talk about that the Maps could target. So we'll talk about that. Now we have a special treat for you guys. Uh, Host of Locked On Sports today, Peter Bukowski sat down with Big Shot Bob Robert Ori to talk about the NBA Finals. So enjoy that here, Robert Ori talk all about the NBA Finals. Thanks to our friends at Bet Online, here is that coming up after we talk about Bet Online. Bet Online is the best place to check out the odds and lines in sports. There's so much stuff to see on Bet Online. They have the NBA Finals odds right now. The Warriors are still a favorite, three and a half point favorite in game one over the uh over the Boston Celtics. They have a couple of draft odds, since that's what we're talking about today. Uh Richard, Jabari Smith, still the favorite, minus two fifty to be the number one pick. Chet plus one ninety. Paolo dropped all the way to plus nine hundred. Is Paolo is Paolo for the number one pick? Is there is there any like feeling that he could just jump up and surprise anybody there?
2: Yeah, it depends who you ask. Rafael Barlow. I, is all in on, he's been reporting, you know, Jabari is going number one. And whereas the Locked On Magicos, Philip Rossman Reich, uh, I might have said it backwards, but the Locked On Magicos thinks Paolo is the pick. So, you know, it's tough. Uh, it's tough. It depends on who you ask. I don't think any three people have the same answer.
0: Yeah. And so if you want to hedge your bets a little bit, put, some, put a little bit of money on, on Paolo and you can win big if he goes number one. So go check it out on Bet Online. Check out all the trends and actions. It's Bet Online where the game starts. <laughs>
3: The Golden State Warriors are minus 150, the favorites in the NBA Finals against the Boston Celtics. Joining me now, Robert Ory, seven time NBA champion, is here courtesy of Bet Online. Check out Bet Online for all the up to date lines on the NBA Finals, Finals MVP, Finals props, and each and every game line. This is great to have you here. Why do you think, because the line has moved a little bit in, in the Celtics' favor, why do you think? There are people that like the Celtics matchup against the Warriors.
1: Because the smart people know defense wins championships. Mm. And if you look at the Celtics team, they got two players on that team that made the all-defensive team. You know, smart, of course, defensive player of the year. But Robert Williams is one of those guys that is an eraser. He can block shots. He can, you know, you know, he can erase a lot of mistakes that you make on the perimeter. And you think about it, you got Brown, Tatum is smart who can get up on people defensively and funnel them to that guy. Next thing you know, it's getting blocked. And if you look at the way, you know, Harford has been playing, he's turned back the hands of time. He's blocking <laughs> shots again. So if you, overall, I think that the, 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 the Celtics is a better defensive team than the Warriors because even though you have Draymond Green, Green, Clay Thompson is not the Clay Thompson of old who can do the things he used to be able to do. And, and so I just think that's, that's a big key for them, for the Celtics, that is.
3: How do you see Defensive Player of the Year Marcus Smart matching up with, with Steph Curry? Is that going to be something where you see that Marcus is going to pick him up 94 feet? Like, how do you think Smart is going to approach that assignment if he does get that assignment, which we assume he's going to?
1: But you know what? I don't think it's going to be a one man job. If you look at the Celtics, they one, two, three are all athletic guys, and you go to the two, Jalen and go to Tatum, they get taller. You know, it's like, yeah. like the bars on the cell phone. And I think even, even though they like to do a lot of switching, I think they're they're, they're perfect for this matchup. It's a perfect matchup for, for the Celtics and when they got the guard because you know Clay is going to be constantly moving. And so, so, you know, not the same as a Jimmy Butler or a Tyler Hero, but I think this, what they just did against the Heat, is like a, 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 a prelude to a preclude to what they're going to do. And so I think they're going to be fine defensively switching and getting ready for Steph.
3: It sounds like you like the Celtics in this one.
1: You know, all my Lakers fans are going to be mad at me because they say you cannot wear anything green. You can never <laughs> root for the Celtics. I'm not rooting for the Celtics. You know, I, I would like to see my former teammate, Emeo Duke, win his first championship. You know, so I would like for that to happen. But, you know, I just think being the basketball mindset, I just think that there, there's a good chance the Celtics to win this thing.
3: All right, so we have some odds here: Celtics and six is plus three seventy five. Celtics and seven is plus six fifty. If people are going to bet on it, what is what is your prediction? If you like Boston, six, seven.
1: Hey, you know what? If you, you try to make some money, right? <laughs> that's why you. That's why you gamble. And so I would go with the Celtics and seven because I think the Celtics have been a battle tested team on the road. They've won a lot of games on the road. They just won the Eastern Conference on the road, and so I think they're ready. Not everybody saying everybody said, well, the, you know, the Heat is a different monster than you know, the Warriors and blah, blah, blah. But I still think it all boils down to having confidence and playing well on the road and, and believing that you can win on the road.
3: There's also been this discussion now, especially among Celtics fans, about what this Celtics team has had to face. What particularly who had Jason Tatum has had to face? Kevin Durant in the first round, Giannis and kumbo in the second round, Jimmy Butler on a heater. No pun intended for Miami, and now Steph Curry. You're talking about at least three pantheon guys—guys guys who are all-time great players. Who do you think has the most on the line, legacy-wise, in this series? For whom would that one title you won seven? Who would that one title mean the most for?
1: You know, I'm, I'm gonna go off script a little bit, and, and I, I'm gonna stop people from thinking this is gonna be the greatest run. Everybody, Celtics. That's not true because you got Hornacek, Carl Malone, you got Kevin Johnson, Charles Barkley, you got Dennis Rodman, uh, MVP, David Robinson, and you got Shaquille and Penny. Now that is the greatest run in back in 95. So when people say this might be the greatest run, stop it, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> because all these teams was 50, you know, 55, 50 plus win teams. And so I just think if you, if you look at this game and you have to pick an MVP, you know, of course, it's, it's going to be a Tatum, but this run... That the celtics are on is incredible you know don't get me wrong because they've been able to win on the road which is key because you have to run the road in order to win championship that's if unless you have home court advantage you protect your home court but i just think overall when you look at the makeup of these two teams they're similar you know go to state wars they were the celtics six seven years ago when they first entered the playoffs and nobody thought they could win a championship. Next thing you know, they win a championship. Then the following season, they win all these games and don't win a championship. And then they get KD and they win two more. But I think if you look at the Celtics, there are so there are so many similarities with these teams that people are always going to say, Oh, let's go with the veteran leadership. Let's go with the fan favorite and Steph. You know, this thing, this thing about it, because everybody wants Steph to win because we know he got robbed one time with the MVP in the finals, And then he's take he took a step back and let KD. Come in to his team, which is Steph team, and take two MVPs. And so I, 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 I do think Steph has a lot to prove, and his legacy is on the line when it comes to this because you know all the chatter now is about him not having a, a MVP in the finals, which we all know he was robbed and one. So let's let's be real about that. Mm-hmm. I'm
3: I'm looking at these MVP odds as you're talking about the MVP. And, and we expect Curry and Tatum right at the top in terms of the odds. You're not getting really good value there. I'm looking at Jalen Brown, 10 to one. Yeah. I'm looking at Draymond, 22 to one. Like if he really turned it up defensively, people forget in that game seven against the Cavs, he had a triple double in that game. He was the best warrior on the floor in that game. I'm looking at Marcus Smart at 40 to one. It seems like you're, you can get some good value and we've seen, including in this Warriors run, that it's not always the stars who win these finals MVPs.
1: It's true. You know, for me, if, if I wanted to take the odds, I'm, I'm going to eliminate the top three automatically. And I don't, I don't think Clay is, you know, know, Clay is a game five, game six type of player. But me, I would go with Andrew Wiggins. If I had to mm. pick someone with the odds, I would go with Andrew Wiggins, who is 20 to one. And think about it. He has started to come into his own. Yeah. He, after that dunk on, <laughs> on Luca, all of a sudden this dude is smiling big. He's he's enthusiastic. He's playing hard and he's an all star. And I think some people forget he was an all star. I think this is a good way in the biggest stage to show everybody that the all star uh, committee didn't make a mistake. So if I had to take all of because I don't think Dream on game, he don't shoot, he doesn't shoot enough. And he's going to have to guard too many people, so he's going to be all over the board. That so, if you look down that list of people, and you want to say, oh, "Odds maker," for me, I would take Andrew Wiggins twenty to one.
3: That is, I I mean that that's bold. I love it. Uh, I think you're right that that he he seems to be a different player just in the Warriors, just in Golden State. He seems to have been unlocked a little bit. Whether that's Steve Kerr, whether that's just him feeling more comfortable, or talking about legacy. And you have been on some teams that have gone on these multi-year runs that have been what we, we might consider dynastic, right? There've been some discussions here. If the warriors win one, that because it's the clay Steph Draymond core with Steve Kerr, that this has to be considered part of the warriors run and that we have to call them a dynastic team. Where do you fall on that discussion? If they win one, are they a dynasty?
1: You know what? It's, it's, I will put them in that category as a dynasty. You know, if you, if you, because they was riddled with injuries, right? Two years, Clay was out, and Steph went out. You know, you, you say, okay, we'll give them, we'll give them a Phil Jackson asterisk by those two years. But they able to get back to the mountaintop and win this year. I would put them. You know, you got one more step to be a dynasty, and then if they go to the finals again. Then I would give them a dynasty. But you know, think about this: they gave us a dynasty in the Lakers. We won three in a row, and next thing you know, they on a team. They go back and lose. It's considered a dynasty. So. You know, if you to me, there's only been, you know, three dynasties in this Bulls, the Celtics and the Lakers, because there is a situation where they went six plus championships. You know, I, I, that's what you look at. But in this day, in this era, you can give them a dynasty.
3: I think I think you I, I, I would I would consider the Spurs, the Tim Duncan, Greg Popovich Spurs in that mix. But they never won back to back titles. And so it depends on how you want to qualify it. Sustained yeah. success, not always enough. I think if you're a Boston fan, you're going, why can't we have that sustained run? We've got these two young superstars, Marcus Smart, defensive player of the year, who's coming into his own a little bit defensively. It seems like they've unlocked some things with him as their pure point guard in initiating offense because he doesn't have to create for everyone. They've got Tatum and Brown who can create for themselves. I mean, what do you think the chances are that they could be not the next dynasty, but the next team? that you have to deal with in the Eastern conference? Like, okay, they're going to be there every year until further notice.
1: You know, I, I think you look down a line and you says, okay, Tatum, first team, max, Brown, max, smart, max. These are super max contracts These guys potentially can get. Right. So now we're, you know, if you, since I cover the Lakers, the Lakers got, $40 million guys, three 40 million guys, they can't get nobody else on the team unless they do some hell of a drafting, you know, and, and they get those guys that's going to be there, but it boils down to payday, man. If you're going to stick around and get paid, or you are going to have that one falter? And say, Oh, you know, we didn't win a championship. We need to make a move because, you know, they exported us in this area. We need to get someone in. and they trade one of those guys, you know, people do dumb things like that. Well, GMs, I should say. So, I think they have the potential to make a long run. They're just going to have to stick together and do what a Tim Duncan would do and say, you know what, I'm going to take less money. So you can sign a Tony Parker, you sign a Manu Ginobili. But are these guys now, you know, selfless enough where they say, hey, you know what, I don't want to make 40000000 million. I'll make $30 million. You know, I, I don't think so. I think every, now, every guy now is trying to get their bag so they can say, you know what, at one point in my career I was making $50, 40000000 whatever it may be. So I don't, that's going to be the key, though. It boils down to money if they can keep that team together.
3: All right. Not a finals question, but I can't talk to Big Shot Bob and not ask you this question. Which of your big shots is your favorite?
1: You know, um, I grew up a Lakers fan, a huge Magic Johnson fan. And one of my biggest thrills before I even made it to the NBA, I got to play one-on-one with Magic when I was being scouted by the Lakers coming out of college, coming out of the University of Alabama. So the shot I made against the Sacramento Kings in 2001 to win that game is probably my favorite. And don't get me wrong, I love what I did in Houston. I love what I did in San Antonio. But everything I did in in San Antonio was on the road, game five on the road. But this was at home in Staples Center. And the ego comes into play where – you want to hear that crowd chant your name, man. And you run off the court and the crowd still chanting your name. you in the locker room. You can still hear them chanting your name. So I think that shot, it it, it takes over all the other shots just for the ego. You know, we are all as athletes got some type of ego. And I think for me, that just takes over because I had the Laker fans chanting my name. They weren't chanting Shaq. They weren't chanting Kobe. They were chanting Ori. So that's a big plus for me.